Welcome to our podcast, Echo. It's Kachi. This is going to be our very first episode of a series where we have exclusive interviews with the lecturers in UNSW School of Computer Science and Engineering. In this episode, Jenny and I interviewed two of the most famous lecturers, John Andrew Shepard, who's known as Jazz, and Andrew John Taylor. Oh, were you like, wait, what? Well, they've probably been besties for 26 years. That's how long they've been lecturing at UNSW, and they both started around the same time. So are you ready for this? But before we start, let me tell you something. I screwed up. I really did, as my first time recording a podcast. Halfway through, I realized it wasn't even recording, because my laptop was low on storage. So we had to restart from the beginning. Apologize for all the amazing content that's missed out. You may spot some inside jokes, because the first half was recorded a second time. For instance, when I asked what their most notable lecturing moments at UNSW were, Jazz was like, Oh, mine was in Melbourne Uni. Because he told us about an invasion there when we first asked that question. Jazz and Andrew, if you are listening, we would like to express our gratitude for taking your time to open up about your life and enlighten us with your wit and valuable advice. So without further ado, please enjoy the interview. Might just start with like a self-introduction. I'm Jenny, nice to meet you. And I'm Kachi, nice to meet you too. Mm-hmm. So here it is, we have Andrew John Taylor and John Andrew Shepherd. <laughs> How interesting. Back in those days they were popular names. <laughs> Still popular. No, there's no Lovely. AFL player currently called John. Did you know that? No. Mm. Mm. Whoa. What about them? No, there's two, I think. So but there are a lot of Andrews in our course, right? You yeah. you scrapped, find out. Yes. yes <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. No, John. Sure there was. <laughs> so what was the first programming language that you learned? So the first programming language I learned was the was on a HP calculator in high school. I had a math teacher who was into computing and left high school teaching to become a programmer. And he got me so interested that in, in my last year of high school, I built my own computer with you know, soldering iron and individual integrated circuits and programmed that in assembler. So. Oh, wow. And just... Oh. I paid no attention to computers at all until I reached uni and then I took a computing course as part of my science degree and then took another one, then took another one and that's, oh, and the first language was Fortran. Mm. That was the question. Yeah. So what was your most notable lecturing moment? throughout your 26 years lecturing at UNSW. <laughs> oh. No, mine was at Melbourne Uni. Nothing, nothing interesting has at happened at UNSW. UNSW. Okay. <laughs> I'll have to think. I haven't had any lecturing invasions. I guess um, students, a particular student standing at the front of the lecture theatre throughout the lectures was interesting. (laughs) Andrew knows who I'm talking about. (laughs) At least he didn't try and fix my uh, microphone cable. (laughs) So 
One of my memorable ones here was when I, from when I used to cycle the university. I had a cycling accident, which was my fault for you know, a proper bicycle repair. I crashed on the way to uni and lost a lot of skin off my knees. <laughs> and I had a lecture. Come, I couldn't. Had a lecture. I had to give, so I stood behind the podium so students couldn't see the blood that was trickling down my knees. <laughs> what made you choose computer science as your degree back at uni? I didn't. Mm. <laughs> well, it didn't exist as a degree back then. Oh. But, um, as I said before, I took it as an elective in first year. My intention was to study chemistry. But, as I went through first and second year, I found myself gradually drawn a bit more towards uh, the programming side of things rather than making smelly substances. <laughs> <laughs> so mine's a similar story. At Sydney Uni just had a generalist science degree and I, I thought I'd go on with maybe physics or maths, but I also did computing and biology and, and computing was the thing that re I really loved in first year and so that, that, was, that was what I really stuck with. And yeah, I can totally relate. I did engineering, I picked engineering at the beginning and I chose some programming courses and I, I literally fell in love with it. Now I'm transferred to CompSci. What about you, Jenny? Yeah, so um, for me, I was interested in CompSci from the get-go. So from high school, I went into CompSci. But um, in high school, I did really like chemistry and like to mix stinky substances together. But um, you both alluded to first-year computing courses when um, you were at uni. We're just curious as to what they were structured like. Would you be able to give us an insight into that? Yeah. Programming. <laughs> Fortran programming. Um, you mean how they were run? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, to do our programming assignments, oh, that won't <laughs> show up on the <laughs> podcast, will it? I just did air quotes. <laughs> quotes it's um, programming. We had to enter our programs by marking up cards with a pencil, mm -hmm. uh, feeding them into a machine, which occasionally misread the pencil marks. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but at least it uh, ran the program straight away. In second year, we graduated to um, punch cards. So there were these nice machines, kind of like the ones down on the first floor, <laughs> K-17. <laughs> uh, and you'd type your programs into them and you couldn't run them straight away. You took them along to the university computing center, handed in your deck of cards, came back the next day oh. to find out what happened. And that was a good way to make you think very carefully about what you're putting in. Mm. And certainly you don't want syntax errors. <laughs> if you're missing a semicolon, you have to wait for one day to find out. Correct. <laughs> How easy you have it. Yeah. <laughs> and I had the same experience at Sydney University. I used to carry a toolkit with me. So there was often a queue for the punch card readers and there was always half of them were broken. And sometimes you could find one with a bit of work with a screwdriver and start working again. And then you could, you could run your program before everyone else. And I got, I got quite good at that. There, there was even one day I remember where one of the punch card readers caught fire. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey. 
Punch, you don't punch card readers. Yeah. How did you punch the cards in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> were they punch card writers? Yeah, well? yes, they were. What were they? They were yeah. Yeah. clunky typing. Which made lots of noise, yes. yes. Um, since both of you have been lecturing for quite some time now, um, what made you decide to go into academia and teaching? Um, industry didn't look particularly appealing, especially the idea of wearing a suit to mm. work every day, working on big washing machine <laughs> sized machines and working on projects like accounting systems didn't really seem that inspiring. Uh, and also, while I was doing my PhD, I'd been uh, doing a bit of tutoring. In particular, I spent the whole of one semester helping the students in the operating systems course to get their code to work, much to the annoyance of my PhD supervisor. <laughs> but I really enjoyed that, so mm. it was a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah, Andrew, did you start with tutoring and then lecturing? Yes, so I tutored a lot during my PhD and I, I really enjoyed that. Um, and yeah, it, there were so few opportunities for interesting employment in, in Sydney or Australia when, when, when we graduated. It was, it was basically, you know, maybe the CSRO was the only other place that you could get interesting work other than a university. Otherwise, it was go work for a bank, and I, I really didn't want to do that. Mm. Okay. I really, really liked being around the university, so yeah. Yeah, and you have to wear suits every day yes. if you work in the bank. Yeah. Yeah. Love to see some originality as well. Yeah. Um, so you guys got so lucky, yeah. <laughs> all these companies in Sydney you can yeah. go and work for all, all around the world so easily. It's, it's and they started recruiting while we're at university, penultimate mm. year, internships, mm. there's so many more opportunities. Alright, um, your research area, so Andrew, one of your research interests is compiler technology and you made the well-known DCC compiler for C for first year programming courses. Why did you decide to make that? Um, so I'd be interested in compiler technology from my PhD, which was a compiler for Prolog. But I was teaching, it was actually 1911 students, mainly electrical engineers, and they, they were having, they had a lot of errors in their C programs. They were, a lot of them were writing unsafe C, and they were just hacking it until it worked. And they were submitting programs that had, you know, array overflows and uninitialized variables. And, I wanted to help them write safe, secure, correct code, but at the same time, it's it's their first computing course that you you, you, you need that yeah, and they don't have room for many computing courses. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to sort of automate as much as possible. I came up with the idea of, of you know pushing, trying to push Python code into the executable, hide it behind the scenes, and if they got it, detect the runtime errors using whatever tools. But some of the runtime error checking stuff, like Valgrind, produces error messages that even I struggle to understand. And you can't mm -hmm. show to a, someone who's been programming for three weeks. Mm. So I came up with the idea of shoving Python in there that translated that into something useful. Then I realized once I had Python in there, oh, it could run GDB as well and give them some variable values and a core stack. Mm -hmm. And it's got even further carried away now where it runs Valgrinds and um, ASANS the address sanitizer simultaneously and it runs two copies of their program side by side to get two sorts of error checking. <laughs> Synchronizing system calls 
all, all hidden, completely hidden from the first year student. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was, it's, 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 it's helping the students. There's also a real challenge in getting that happening invisibly behind the scenes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Would you like to tell the world what DCC does better than GCC? <laughs> so a Comp 1511 student now never sees a segfold. <laughs> they never, they, they should, they, in the sort of programs they like that are right, they'll never do anything that's undefined or illegal without there being a runtime error. I mean, it's not impossible, but anything, any program, of, anything a beginner program is likely to do it well. The other thing we do is we explain any of the compiler error messages. So C Lang in particular, messages have got better, but they're still hard for someone who's going to be in programming for a couple of weeks. So we add explanations, so they can see the they can see the original message, and and what an explanation what it means. So they sort of help them on their way to be able to understand the sort of those sort of messages in the future. And we also can even link them off to other stuff, fuller explanations. So there's a URL there saying go here if you want to know more about an array overflow, and maybe it'll even be a video of a tutor. You know, there's Emily there explaining on the whiteboard. This is this is you indexing out of an array. So. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's so many opportunities to sort of assist students there. Yeah, definitely remember those nice error messages yeah. the first year. Yeah. Jas, you've done some work on education such as WebCMS, which we're very familiar with, which is a website that we use to um, sort of organise all our toots and labs and assignments and things like that. Was there a reason why you decided to make that? Yep. Yeah. To save time. <laughs> Look at, for example, Moodle. <laughs> if you had to do your courses in Moodle, how much longer would it take you to get everything yeah, done? So, <laughs> I mean, the, the original genesis of WebCMS, it was actually in 2000, the original version, was okay. because people were building handcrafted um, course websites up to that point. And they all looked a little bit similar, so we figured, why don't we have something that can generate these websites with mm -hmm. minimal effort. And so that's where the original version came from. Mm -hmm. And that kind of hung around until 2014. Yeah. When, when a couple of very clever students built the current version. Mm -hmm. As both a lecturer and being academics, how did you balance between your research and teaching, especially now we're on trimesters? <laughs> oh, easy. Forget about research, concentrate on teaching. Simple. So USW now has education-focused academics who are mm -hmm. expected to spend most of their time on education rather than research. So the balancing becomes different there. So I, I, I teach three courses a year, mm -hmm. and whereas most of the academics are teaching two courses a year, so. Mm -hmm. But yeah, for anything like research, you've got to, You've got to just find time. You can sh you can just turn thing turn it off and devote it to it. And I guess students have got to understand that you know lecturers aren't always available for that reason. Mm. It's like our side projects. We have to focus on academics, but we still have to. We don't have to. Like, it's better for us to find time to do side projects. So like on top of research and teaching as well, you also have like a social life outside. How do you balance all three modes? Who has the time? Do we have social life? Are you sure about that? I balance it easily using 
beer. <laughs> so John is a beer fanatic. Mm. He's more about beer than anyone else you're likely to meet. Favourite beer? Oh, oh. <laughs> there are too many. Um, uh, uh, victory at sea. We should definitely shout your beer after. The <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, to try, find one I like. <laughs> if it's VB, you'll die. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, fortunately for me, unfortunately for Helen. There's a bottle shop just across <laughs> the road from <laughs> my place that has a thousand different beers. Oh, wow. And I'm friends with the owner. And <laughs> every Friday night, I go over there and he pulls out all the new samples he's got and we quality control. <laughs> <laughs> and try it. No, no, good. Don't get that one in. Try it. That's very nice. Get a few of them. And there's some, he's got some amazing beers, including mm. Victory at Sea. What's your social life like? Is that you? So it, actually, it's, it's a bit like it is for students in that towards the end of session, it, my weekends start to get taken up by work. Mm-hmm. It's been particularly bad the last year or two. Lynn's my partner, and she will often, you know, sort of drag me away from the computer on, on weekends and you know, outside or sometimes to drink beer. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very hard to get away. We, we had two weeks holiday, I mean, it was right before term one, where I went scuba diving in Indonesia, but I'm still there sitting on a dive boat between dives in Indonesia looking at my phone and answering questions about <laughs> comp 1511. <laughs> So, yeah, it's not so easy for an academic to, mm-hmm. to get away. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about majors. I know majors were introduced a few years ago. What's the point of that? What, what was the driving force for ComSite majors? Oh, um, people wanted them on their degrees <laughs> to indicate that they had specialist knowledge in databases mm-hmm. or networks. Back when they were introduced, and nowadays everyone wants an AI specialisation. Mm-hmm. Why is AI so popular nowadays? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me. I think it's natural that people want to understand this force that's shaping the world. And it's, it's not a bad thing that every computing student does you know, AI and understands what for example, deep learning is, even if they're not going to be using it. Pump mm. 1511, deep learning. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and once they understand, they'll say, don't ever put that in any system that's critical for my survival. <laughs> Do you think industry, they care about your major? Or is it site a name site will do or is it better to have a major specialised in some areas? I have no idea. <laughs> but students want them. So oh, students want them. There's yeah. nothing to do with industry. No. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe industry does care. So, um, generally, you know, employers are pretty smart. Mm-hmm. And often they have you know, UNSW graduates as part of their selection committees. 
But uh, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll typically be looking at the transcripts and the yeah. courses you've done, and they're not so excited about what degree you're in or even. Suddenly, you see plenty of electrical engineering students get grabbed into computing jobs with because they've got mm -hmm. good marks in them and you know, half a dozen computing courses. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't be too worried about course choices and majors. It's more, you know, choosing what you love and getting getting good Definitely. marks. You do need to get good marks. <laughs> mm -hmm. Side projects don't hurt, hurt but mo most employers like to see a respectable. Mm -hmm. Not maybe not. They're not too worried if you, you, you've got the odd pass in maths or whatever, but they, <laughs> they would like to see something like you know, distinction in operating systems or something. Mm. So if you were a current CSE student, is there a particular major that you might be more inclined to choose? Anything that you're interested in? No. Huh? I'd, just, I'd just do general CS just general. and choose courses that interested me. Mm. Yeah, I'm thinking about doing that. Yeah. So I can tell you three things I reckon are really great, look really great to me. One is the advanced OS course. So I'd be really excited about doing operating systems with Kevin and then advanced operating systems with Gernot and Kevin. I reckon that's the equal of any operating systems course in the world. I heard you literally program a operating system in that course. No, it's I wouldn't. It's not easy, so it's not for everyone. But if you if you like that sort of thing, it's a must. Mm -hmm. So, I'm fascinated by AI, so I'd be doing AI, advanced machine learning, neural networks with Alan as well, um, so those courses maybe, I reckon that, that'd be nice. And the other one is Alex. Alex, I mean, his teaching is old school, but it's fantastic. And I'd be doing algorithms and probably programming challenges, so they're the three things I reckon really stand out among our courses, but that's just my mm -hmm. viewpoint. I mean. You might have completely different interests. And mm -hmm. Yes. Don't you? Oh, don't you specialize in database? You're not going to promote your database yeah. courses. No, I don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants to do it because they think it's a job-enhancing uh, course. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I like it, and I'd do it again. Um, but yeah, if I was a, a student and didn't know. You know, what I know now, I'd probably be attracted to AI mm. and end up being disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> you can end it there. Now we have some fun questions. Mm -hmm. So if you were a student now in the 21st yeah. century, is there a different path that you may choose mm. other than CSC? Yeah. No. No? No. <laughs> You'd stick to CSC? Yeah. I certainly wouldn't do anything in the Australian School of Business. <laughs> um, science, yeah, some aspects of science, maybe chemistry. Still, still <laughs> working, but I'd choose comps. Well, they're the smelly chemicals. <laughs> no, we didn't, it wasn't all bad smells. We made something that smelled like apples. So, I'm really interested in biology, but my first year of biology at Sydney Uni was awful. <laughs> it was actually quite funny because years later I ended up doing lots of research with someone who was one of my lecturers then. I we had we had, did long field trips and I complained to him at length about how bad <laughs> the first year it was and he, he agreed. But, so, uh, yeah, it, I, w I would do more biology, particularly evolutionary biology, 
given it mm-hmm. given a chance. That's sort of been revolutionised since I was an undergraduate mm-hmm. with application of computers. Also, maybe some more. I did, I did quite a bit of stats, but stats is also computing has really changed how we do stats. And I'd, I'd like to come back and re- redo the stats so I had time with stats and data science. Maybe. Mm-hmm. So both of you wouldn't go into humanities, linguistics, <laughs> anything like that. Uh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at one stage I thought about linguistics as mm-hmm. a major, didn't do it, but yeah, I'm interested in language. So, uh, yeah, I like, I like linguistics, actually. I've talked to some of the mm. CSE students who are studying linguistics, and I think that it sounds cool, but mm. yeah, there are so many things you can, you can do and study, yeah. Yeah, yeah for me as well, because I'm doing Japanese alongside my computer science degree, oh. and I just feel like... It sort of opens up my world a little bit more, especially because Japan's a big powerhouse in terms of like technology and things like that. Well, I think anyway. <laughs> but um, similar do. to that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, similar to that. Um, just a follow-up question. Now, if you didn't do computer science, what career would you have picked? Brewer. Big <laughs> <laughs> brewer. So I might have been marine biologist, maybe, if I hadn't been a computer scientist. Mm. And it's interesting, my, my daughter looks like that's what she's going to do. So, oh, really? So she, yeah, she's third year at Sydney Uni, and that seems the direction she's going. Good excuse to go snorkeling on the barrier reef. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, computer science has gone through sort of a lot of changes over the past few years, especially with like the introduction of new programming fundamental courses, things like that. Is there any direction that computer science is going right now? Or to sort of like adapt to current technologies maybe? Is there anything that UNSW computer science is doing? So what do you think education for computer science is going? What direction do you think? So one thing we're grappling with is Everyone now, all, every student I see in lectures just about has a lovely laptop with plenty of computing power in it. We're struggling about how, how to really integrate that into our teaching. I mean, so I think we could make better use of that. Um, and I think, yeah, I think we will. But mm-hmm. that's, that's one thing we've got to work on. Mm-hmm. The other thing, we, we, as you might realise, we've, we've, we've got a large growth in student numbers. So mm-hmm. we're, the challenge for us is how to maintain quality education at, at mm. the, despite having hundreds and hundreds of students. Mm. And would you recommend university over things like boot camps or um, internet um, study courses and things like that in terms of programming? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is there a reason why? Uh, more time to consider it. Mm-hmm. With um, boot camps, you've got a very short duration mm. to ram stuff in your head. <laughs> and I presume, I'm not sure about online courses, but I mean, uni is, there's a big social aspect to it as well, mm. which you miss out on, uh, on with all that online stuff. Yeah, true. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit, if you just want to learn programming, yeah, maybe maybe either of those options, but yeah, you you want so much more, and there's so many more options, and you, you, you mentioned you're, you're, you're studying Japanese, and there are, there are so many other options of things, things you can learn, things you can do, 
just outside the curriculum, completely unrelated to the curriculum here. So yeah, universities are great places. We 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 sort of hope, yeah, we sort of hope that you'll look back and think of these as the you know the best years you ever had. Yeah, that's yeah. why we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely yeah. coming to be. University is definitely a good place. Yeah, getting involved into societies. And yeah, like, boot camps is just like cramming the whole yeah. like me last time cramming the whole terms content the night before the exam. Boot camp every day. Yeah, even just like this podcast experience as well, like getting to know you as well. That was really rewarding and probably something I'd look back on with fond memories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you for coming today. We apologize for the technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. But um, thank you for being interviewed. Yeah, thank you so much for yeah, coming. No worries. I'm glad it's still recording. There's, <laughs> nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with it now.